We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the skill of correcting behaviors. This is a really important skill to a lot of parents, and it's often the first requested skill that they want to go over. We see so many parents that focus in on, okay, what do I do when my child does this? And they're very focused on how to respond in the moment. This is important. As a parent, you do need to respond to what your child is doing and make sure that you're providing them feedback so that you're not inadvertently accepting their negative behaviors. By using the skill of correcting behaviors, you can address the issue with your child without damaging your relationship. Now, this can be really hard to do because a lot of parents get frustrated with what's going on with their child and um, other factors like embarrassment. If my child acts poorly in public or does something that's particularly embarrassing, it can be hard as a parent to not react or respond emotionally to that. The skill of correcting behaviors is actually built to help us mitigate some of that anger response and really focus in on our relationship with the child. The skill, like many of our other skills, is rooted in empathy. We have to build a bridge with our child before we can provide them feedback. Think to yourself about a situation where somebody offered you feedback. I want you to go over two scenarios because we've likely all experienced them. In one scenario, think about somebody that you have no relationship with. They're in a bad mood and they snap at you something. Whether it's accurate or not, you may be defensive or really not open to their input. Respecting them does not just mean listening to them or acting politely. Respecting them means caring about their input and knowing that it's a constructive thing, knowing that their input is meant to make you better and meant to help you be productive. So in those interactions that kind of we're thinking of right now, it wasn't productive and it wasn't helpful. Now think about the opposite. When is a time that somebody gave you feedback or correction and you really did value that input? How was the approach different and and what really mattered there? At the end of the day, most of those examples are going to be rooted in somebody that you respect and you have a relationship with. That person is invested in you becoming a better person. That person is not reacting emotionally or responding in a way that's hurtful to you. Now, put yourself back in the shoes of being a parent and your child is having those same exact experiences. Being a parent doesn't automatically demand respect. Being a parent or an authority figure doesn't mean that your child is going to care about your input and what you have to say or how you're going to guide them. Being a parent requires some effort in order to build those relationships and that trust, in order for your child to respect and care about your input and what you have to say. That doesn't mean that they're always going to agree with it. I certainly don't agree with all of the feedback that's given to me, but if it's done by somebody that I respect, I still solicit it, I still care for it, and I still factor it into my decision making. Those are the skills that we want our child to learn. We want our children to understand and know how to gather information uh, respectfully and reflect and make healthy decisions moving forward. We can't reverse the clock when our child makes a poor choice to have them go back and do something different as much as we wish that we could. (laughs) But what we can do is them learn to make decisions differently in the future. Now, the best way to do that is through positive reinforcement. And there are a lot of skills that really help our children learn and understand how to make positive decisions. Now, when your child doesn't make a great decision, the most important thing is for you to strengthen your relationship with them and then teach them what to do next time. So that's what correcting behaviors does. Let's break this down into seven different steps. Step one is to get their attention. Step two is to express empathy. 
Now, this step is critical. If you're going to forget a step, this is not the one to lose. This is a really important step. And it's important for parents to really engage with this empathy. Empathy does not mean, you know, I get that you really want to be with your friends. Empathy means your friends are so important to you. And I know that that matters. Empathy means connection and it means building that relationship and building that trust. You have to start off with empathy. And if you're struggling to do so, take a minute before you address the behavior with your child to reflect on what their experience is and why they might be doing what they're doing. Step three is to describe the negative behavior. Make sure that you're very descriptive and avoid any judgmental words or labels. Avoid asking questions like, what did you think you were doing there? Instead, we're going to focus on being just descriptive and using our skill of observe and describe, if you've learned that from us. But in that description, I would be concise. I would say, just now, you threw the Lego across the room and it hit your brother in the head. Instead of saying, what on earth were you thinking? I'm just going to focus on being clear and descriptive about exactly what I saw. Step four is to deliver a consequence. In this example, I might say something like, because of that choice, you need to take a break from the Legos and go play with a different toy. We want to make sure that the consequence is doable and that it's meant to teach not to punish my child. If I say that your consequence is to go sit outside in the cold, they're not going to learn a lot. That's not what that's geared towards. Instead, what they're going to focus on is how mean I am, and that's going to be the outcome of this interaction. Step five is to describe what you want your child to do instead. This is the practice portion. Once we've done the consequence, we can also do things like offer our child a reason to practice with us, like... If you can practice with me, then you can go back to the Legos. Or if you can practice with me, then you'll be grounded for two days instead of four. Making sure that our child has a reason to engage with us into practice is really helpful. And using those motivational tools will help you in getting them engaged in a bot in. So describe what we want them to do instead and give them a reason why. Step six is a reason why that good behavior is important to your child. If you choose not to throw the Legos and instead build them, then you're going to be able to keep on playing with the Legos. That matters to them. And step seven is to practice it. We need to rehearse it and go through the experience. So I want them to physically go through the steps. Then once they've practiced, you can reduce the consequence a little bit, just like you had offered them. These seven steps to correcting behaviors are going to help you and your child both remain in control of your emotions throughout the interaction and learn productively from the experience. Now, I get a lot of parents that ask questions about, well, my child really overreacts or they get a lot of emotions or I feel frustrated. A lot of times these can be really heated situations. An emotional situation that's really heated is not a time for teaching and learning. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with this skill. So if you're finding yourself in that situation, then pause between steps. Don't move on for the day. Don't forget about going through and doing this correcting behaviors interaction. But do make sure that you're pausing, that you are managing the emotions, and then you're returning when you can both handle working through it together. We're going to go over a couple of examples. So my first example is with my three-year-old. I have a three-year-old who's really been struggling lately with accepting any form of feedback. Whenever he's told to stop doing something or told to be quieter or, you know, whatever sort of feedback or adjustment is asked of him, he really struggles with it, especially if it's done with a firm voice tone. He will spit or cross his arms or stomp away or run away if it's something like, I need you to come over here. So we use the skill of correcting behaviors to address that each time that it happens. Maybe my child is asked to do something like take his shoes off the table. And if he does, if he's given that feedback, maybe with a firm voice tone or something, he might spit at me and cross his arms and say, no, never. 
So the first thing that I'm going to do is get his attention. A lot of times I'll do things like reach out and hold his hand or come over and kneel next to him so that he knows that he's got my attention. I'm going to express empathy. Sounds like you really didn't like that I used a firm voice tone. Because a lot of times that's the trigger for him in these situations. I want to focus in on what really is the issue and what's going on that he's struggling with. Step three is to describe the negative behavior. So I'm going to walk through and I'm going to let him know, just now you put your shoes on the table and I asked you to take them off. But you didn't listen to me. Instead, you stuck your tongue out and you told me no, never. So I'm going to deliver a consequence. Now, in this situation, my consequence with a three-year-old is going to be pretty small because I'm not looking to um, make this a really punishing experience for either of us. We want to make sure that he's learning, that he knows that there's a response cost, but that a consequence in, it, in and of itself is never meant to teach a child. It's not going to get them very far. I'll say something like, okay, so as a consequence, you and I are going to sit on the floor together and we're going to practice until you're ready to go back to the table with your feet down. And I'm going to describe what I need him to do instead. Remember, in this interaction, there's kind of two layers to this. The first thing was that he put his feet on the table. The second thing was that he was um, spitting and telling me no, never. I want to stay really focused in on that no, never piece because that's what I'm correcting right now. And I really want to not derail over into other areas. So make sure that you as a parent, you're staying on track with what behavior you're correcting. Once we're sitting there, I might describe what I need him to do instead. So next time I ask you to take your feet off the table, I need you to use a calm voice, say, okay, take your feet off the table and then let me know when it's all done. I'm going to give him a reason why that's important. And I'm going to say something like, because then you can keep on sitting at the table and coloring. And then we're going to practice. Kids are going to be much more open to practices if you are practicing alongside them. So in this scenario, an example, I sat on the floor with him. And now I'm going to go and practice sitting at the table and accepting feedback with him. I'm going to go through and I'm going to rehearse the same exact scenario. So I might go over to the table and put my knees up on the table and, and tell him that he gets to be the mom and he needs to ask me to take them down. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to put them down. And I'm going to do it right away. So he gets to see what it's like for me to accept feedback from him. And that is a really helpful tool. We, we want our children to see us behaving in the way that we're asking them to behave. So I will go over and I'll rehearse that. He gets to be the mom and I get to be the toddler. And I'm going to put my knees up on the table and we go through that exact example. I do it to expectation. I'm not going to demonstrate what a child looks like. I'm not going to demonstrate the negative behavior or the tantrum that he threw. I'm going to focus on what I want him to learn from it and what I want the outcome to be. So I'll calmly respond. I'll say, okay, I'll take my knees down and then let him know that I'm all done. Then it's his turn. He's up. So he gets a chance to go through that exact scenario again too. Now in these examples, I'm really focused on the larger behavior because I want to make sure that my child in, in this example is accepting my feedback when I give it. Because right now it's about his shoes on the table. But if I just really focus in on his shoes being on the table and not on him accepting my feedback, then he's not going to accept my feedback when we're in the living room and all the other scenarios that we could get lost in. So by focusing on the bigger picture thing, I'm able to tackle a whole bunch of different issues at once. Now, as he gets better and better at that, I can also teach him other things like keeping his feet off the table in the first place. But I do want to focus in on the more priority or the bigger picture issue. Let's do another example with a teenager. I was coaching a family a couple of weeks ago that was struggling with their, well, a preteen, 12, 13-year-old. In this example, he was at a trampoline warehouse with a lot of friends and other kids at a birthday party. He was being really aggressive and starting to get too rowdy in his play. His parents were watching the activity shift from being a fun experience to something where other kids didn't want to be around him because of 
how out of control he was with his behaviors and emotions. So what they did is they yelled at him, pulled him out of there, and told him loudly in front of all the other parents so that they would know that he was being corrected, that he wasn't able to do that, and he wasn't going to have any friends if he continued doing that. Now, as we coached and we walked through this scenario, we talked about how to apply the skill of correcting behaviors and what would have helped in this scenario. So we talked about getting his attention to stop the problem behavior. So the first step was to pull him from the trampoline area. And they were describing that there were, you know, lots of different areas in the trampoline warehouse, but there was a quieter area that was more geared towards toddlers. But given the time of day, there there weren't a lot of people over there. So we talked about that being a really great place to take him over and to get his attention and talk to him. So asking for his attention, pulling him over to the quieter area. Other parents don't need to see you parenting. It is okay for you to handle a situation and not feel the pressure of needing to report back to other people because of their judgmental looks or opinions. It is okay for you to parent the best way you can and to really focus in on your child rather than the audience. And that's good for you and for them. So in this example, they moved him over to the side. And step two was to express empathy. So in this scenario, the parents really struggled with understanding or having any empathy for what he was doing and how he was behaving. They just felt like it was really out of control and uncalled for. So in this example, we talked about asking a question of what's going on? It seems like you're getting really loud and just trying to understand. So coming from a place of real curiosity and understanding. Now, I I really approach this kind of questioning with caution because there's definitely two directions that it can go. And most of the time I see parents that are being a little bit more aggressive and presumptive in their questioning. So it would be something like, what's wrong with you? What are what, what do you think you're doing over there? Right? There's a lot of judgment in that tone and in that approach. That's not empathy. So it doesn't accomplish this step. So in order to accomplish this step, you have to genuinely come from a place of curiosity and understanding. Seems like you've gotten really loud. You've been yelling at your friends a lot and storming off and some of the other kids are moving away. Is, is everything okay? What's going on? So really focused on connection. My child might say something like, you know, I, I just feel like I've got so much energy being here and, and it's, hard to, it's hard to rein it in or keep control of it. And that would lead us into one practice or correction of what we should do differently. And my child could say something completely different. Like, you know, I really feel like they're all bullying me and they're saying really rude remarks and I'm, and I'm feeling defensive. I don't know how to handle it. Maybe not in those words exactly, but that could be the gist of what I'm getting from their, what they're saying. And the way that I'm going to correct that behavior is very different. So really understanding what's going on for your child is important. You can use some of this empathy step in order to build up some of that bridge. Step three is to describe the negative behavior. So make sure that you're being descriptive and that you avoid using judgment. So instead of saying, you're being a bully, nobody wants to be your friend. So saying something like, you're yelling at the other kids and you're being really aggressive with the play equipment. Step four would be to deliver a consequence. Now, in this scenario, the consequence could be a whole range of things. If it is a regular ongoing behavior that they're working on, maybe the consequence is something as big as leaving the party early. If it's not a huge regular behavior that they're working on, then maybe the consequence is just taking a break. Now, you can choose what consequence would be most appropriate, and we have some tools for helping with that on our website. Step five is to describe what you want your child to do instead. So use words that they really understand and they can relate to. And so in this example, I would talk to them about, you know, depends on kind of why they were doing it. But let's say that the example is that 
other kids are being rude and that they were feeling defensive. So what I want my child to do instead is if other people are being rude to them, that they just make a comment that they're not okay with it, and then they go find somebody else to play with. Maybe the other kid says something like, oh, look at him, he doesn't know how to do any of these tricks. So my child, I would want them to respond and say, you know, that's really rude. It doesn't make me want to play with you. I'm going to go over there and then walk away and go play with somebody different. So in this example, I've described exactly what I want them to do instead in that scenario. And then we're going to talk about the reason why. And I want this reason why to matter to my child. So using something like, then all the other parents won't be looking at me doesn't help. But using something like, you know, then they'll understand that you're not okay with them talking to you like that. And they won't continue to talk to you like that if they want to play around you. Once I've given them the reason why, we need to rehearse it and practice it. So we're going to go through and we're going to do an example. I'll have my child be the bully and I will be my child and we'll go through and practice what that would look like. They'll say, wow, look at that kid. He doesn't know how to do any tricks. And I'll say, I don't appreciate you talking talking about me like that. It's not kind. And then I'll walk away and I'll go play somewhere else. Then once we're done, I will have my child take a turn. They will practice doing that same exact thing and they'll do it until they've met kind of the expectation around it so that they've really understood what they need to be doing differently. Once we've completed all of that, I can reduce that initial consequence. So if the break was 20 minutes before, maybe it's just 10 minutes now. And in fact, our practice has taken five minutes, so we're halfway there. The goal and the intention behind correcting behaviors is to help your child learn. And if you want them to learn, the consequence is a very, very small part of that. The way that you deliver the consequence means everything. So if you as a parent are struggling with consequences in your home, just keep in mind that the way that you deliver it matters much more than the consequence you're delivering. And focus in on areas that you can start to fine tune and build up your bridge with your child. How can you find empathy for them in that situation that they're going through? How do you manage your own behaviors and your own frustration that you're experiencing or embarrassment? How do you navigate challenging conversations with your child, like what to do when a bully says something to them? What do you want them to do instead? Focusing in on these key areas are going to help you as a parent teach your child and train them to be successful rather than waiting for them to learn from sitting in a corner or from a huge consequence, which isn't going to get you very far. It's going to mostly teach your child that they think you're mean. (laughs) So to all of the fellow parents out there trying to navigate correcting behaviors with their children, enjoy these steps and this skill and really try to take them in and and learn what you can from them. You can go to our website and we've got a printable that breaks down all of these steps piece by piece so that you can practice it as a parent. Now in this correcting behavior skill, we have talked about starting with empathy, understanding what's going wrong, making a plan for what needs to go different and practicing it when it's not happening kind of directly in that moment, doing a role play of it. If you as a parent are struggling with how to correct behaviors, I want you to do that exact same thing for yourself. Start off with empathy for what you're experiencing. It is hard. And you know what? All of our kids think we're mean parents at some point or other. Then I want you to focus on what's not working about your approach and what you need to do differently in order to improve it. Remind yourself why you want to improve that and then practice it, rehearse it. Have a co-parent or a friend or a sibling help you walk through scenarios and practice how to deliver consequences in a positive and effective way. When you don't feel all the emotions and embarrassment and frustration that come with actually parenting your child and practice it and really embrace what that could look like so that when your child does act out, you are prepared and that you know what to do. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast and have a great week.